Howdy, howdy. I'm Lily from Makecraft Game, and you're listening to Reading Rulebooks. Today, I'm going to get into the rulebook for Wabash Cannonball, and I am so excited. This game used to be called Chicago Express when it was printed by Queen Games, but now Rio Grande Games is reprinting it and going back to the original name of Wabash Cannonball. So let's get into it. Game parts. One game board, one railroad income display, six tan display cubes, 20 purple development cubes, 21 red PA cubes, three PA stocks, 23 blue B&O cubes, or B&O stocks, 25 green New York City cubes, five New York City stocks, 27 yellow CNO cubes, six CNO stocks, 12 black Wabash cubes, two Wabash stocks, paper money, 44 $1 bills, 24 $5 bills, 24 $25 bills, and six $100 bills. These rules. Setting up. Lay out the game board. Place the railroad income display above it. Select one person to be the banker. The banker gives each player their starting money, $120 divided by the number of players. Put a New York City cube in New York City and place an NYC cube on the $8 space on the railroad income track. Put the remaining NYC track cubes and the NYC stocks next to the NYC Treasury, Stock, and Track section of the game board. Put a PA cube in Philadelphia and place a PA cube on the $7 space on the railroad income track. Put the remaining PA track cubes and the PA stocks next to the PA Treasury, Stock, and Track section of the game board. Put a B&O cube in Baltimore and place a B&O cube on the $6 space on the railroad income track. Put the remaining B&O track cubes and the B&O stocks next to the B&O treasury, stock, and track section of the game board. Put a CNO cube in Washington and place a CNO cube on the $5 space on the railroad income track. Put the remaining CNO track cubes and the CNO stocks next to the CNO treasury, stock, and track section of the game board. Put the Wabash cubes and the Wabash stocks next to the Wabash Treasury, Stock, and Track section of the game board. On the Industrial City Income Track, put a tan cube on the one box for Detroit, the three box for Wheeling, and the four box for Pittsburgh. On the Decision Track, put a tan cube in each of the three start boxes. Place all 20 purple development cubes next to the unused development cubes box on the game board. Initial auction. One share of the PA is put up for auction. The banker starts the bidding. The minimum bid is the PA Railroad's current dividend, $7. Bidding continues clockwise. If a player passes, they may not re-enter the bidding. If no one bids for a stock during the initial auction, the player offering it receives it for free. The money paid for the stock is put into the PA Railroad's treasury next to the game board. Next, one share of the BNO is put up for auction. The player who purchased the PA stock starts the bidding. The minimum bid is the railroad's current dividend, $6. Bidding continues clockwise. If a player passes, they may not re-enter the bidding. The money paid for the stock is put into the BNO railroad's treasury next to the game board. Next, one share of the CNO is put up for auction. The player who purchased the BNO stock starts the bidding. The minimum bid is the railroad's current dividend, $5. Bidding continues clockwise. If a player passes, they may not re-enter the bidding. The money paid for the stock is put in the CNO railroad's treasury next to the game board. Next, one share of the NYC is put up for auction. The player who purchased the CNO stock starts the bidding. The minimum bid is the railroad's current dividend, $8. Bidding continues clockwise. If a player passes, they may not re-enter the bidding. The money paid for the stock is put in the NYC Railroad's treasury next to the game board. Play begins with the player who purchased the PA share and continues clockwise. Ending winning the game. 
The game ends immediately after a general dividend is paid if any one of the four conditions is met. Three or more railroads have built all of their track. Three or more railroads have sold all of their stock. Three or fewer development cubes are available. Detroit is fully developed. The player with the most money wins the game. Ties are possible. Sequence of play. During their turn, a player must make an available decision and slide the tan cube on that decision's track to the next box to the right. One, capitalization. Two, development. Three, expansion. After the decision is complete, possible events may occur. One, Chicago dividend. Two, Wabash opens. Three, general dividends. Four, end of game. Play continues with the player on the left. Available decisions. During their turn, a player must make an available decision on the decision track and slide the corresponding cube to the next box to the right. If the tan cube for that decision is already in the end box, that decision is not available. For example, if a player chooses expansion, the player would move the corresponding tan cube on the expansion row to the right. If the tan cube was already in the last rightmost end box for expansion, the expansion decision would be unavailable to that player. After a decision is made and implemented, the player may just do nothing after making the decision. The decision tracks are checked. If two of the three decisions are unavailable, two tan cubes in the end box, general dividends are paid. We'll talk about general dividends in a later section. Expansion. The expansion decision allows a player to have a railroad build track. Each railroad has a number of track cubes of its color. Placing a cube in a hex shows that a railroad has built track in that hex. The track built must connect back to that railroad's starting city. The railroad must pay for the track built with money from its railroad treasury. A railroad may build up to three track during an expansion. The player making the expansion decision must have at least one share in that railroad stock to have that railroad build track. A player making the decision decides what track is built. Railroad building costs. Each hex has a cost, either the only number shown in the hex or in the case of cities, the first of three numbers shown in the hex. If another railroad is already in the hex, building track there either costs more or is forbidden. City hexes may have multiple railroads in a hex. The first railroad to build track on that hex must pay the cost to build the track. The second railroad building track in the hex pays double the cost. The third railroad pays triple the base cost. The fourth railroad pays four times the base cost. The fifth railroad pays five times the base cost. For example, the first railroad to build into Albany must pay $2. The second railroad, $4. The third, $6, etc. Industrial city and farm hexes may have multiple railroads in the hex. The first railroad to build track on that hex must pay the cost to build the track. The second railroad building track in the hex pays double the cost. The third railroad pays triple the base cost. The fourth railroad pays four times the base cost. Fifth railroad pays five times the base cost. Timber and mine hexes may only have one railroad in the hex. The build's cost is the number shown in the hex. New York, Philadelphia, Baltimore, and Washington are start cities. Each railroad begins the game with track in its start city and may not build track into another start city. Increasing railroad income. When a railroad builds track into a hex, the railroad may receive income from the hex. Any additional income received must be added to the railroad's income on the railroad income track. For example, if the NYC built track into an undeveloped Albany, the NYC income would be increased in the income track by one, the second number shown in the hex. The third number is the developed income. 
A farm or timber hex adds nothing to the railroad's income. A mine hex adds $1 to the railroad's income. An undeveloped city adds the amount shown by the second of the three numbers in the hex to the railroad's income. A developed city adds the amount shown by the third of the three numbers in the hex to the railroad's income. An industrial city adds its current income to the railroad's income. Its current income is shown on the industrial city income track. When a railroad builds into Chicago, that railroad immediately pays a Chicago dividend to the shareholders of that railroad. We'll talk about this later in the Chicago Dividend section. If it was the first railroad to build into Chicago, then after the Chicago dividends are paid, the Wabash Railroad opens. We'll talk about this in the Wabash Opens section. Development. The development decision allows a player to commercially develop one hex. A hex may only be developed if at least one railroad has built track into that hex. Although Detroit is automatically developed after each dividend is paid, even if there is no railroad in Detroit. Developing a hex either brings money directly into a railroad's treasury, timber hexes, or increases the income from a hex, mines and cities and industrial cities. Farms may not be commercially developed. When a player develops a timber, mine, or city hex, they take a purple development cube from the unused development cubes box on the game board and place it into that hex. Such hexes may be developed only once. When a player develops an industrial city, they slide the corresponding pan cube on the industrial income track to the next box to the right. If the tan cube is already in the rightmost box for that industrial city, it may not be further developed. Developing an industrial city increases its income. If the BNO and the PA were in wheeling and it was developed from a 3 to a 4 income, both the BNO and the PA income would increase by 1 on the railroad income track. Developing a timber hex immediately pays $2 from the bank into the railroad's treasury. The railroad receives no increase in income. Developing a mine hex increases a railroad's income by $2 immediately increase the income for the railroad in that hex by two on the railroad income track. Developing a city hex increases its income from the second number in the hex, the undeveloped income, to the third number shown in the hex, the developed income. Immediately increase the income of all railroads in that hex on the railroad income track. For example, if both the PA and NYC were in Cleveland and Cleveland was then developed, both the PA and the NYC income would be increased by two on the railroad income track. The four start cities, farms, and Chicago may not be developed. Detroit is automatically developed after each general dividend is paid, even if no railroad is in Detroit. Capitalization. Railroads are capitalized by the sale of stock. The player choosing this decision selects an unsold share of the railroad stock in a railroad's treasury and puts it up for auction. The minimum bid is the railroad's current dividend, as if the share of stock was already sold rounded up. For example, if a share of the NYC was put up for auction and two NYC shares were already owned by players and the current NYC income was 23, the minimum bid would be $8. Bidding continues clockwise. If a player passes, they may not re-enter bidding. The money paid for the stock is put in the railroad's treasury, next to any remaining stock and track cubes. The Wabash stock may not be put up for auction until after the Wabash Railroad is opened. Chicago Dividends After a railroad has constructed track into Chicago, Chicago dividends are paid to the shareholders of that railroad. The dividend paid for each share of the railroad stock is the income of that railroad, as shown on the railroad income track divided by the number of shares sold. Round down, 1.99 is 1. Wabash opens. Immediately after the first railroad builds track into Chicago and pays out the Chicago dividends, 
Play is momentarily suspended while the Wabash Railroad opens. Place a black cube in Fort Wayne. Place a black cube on the income track, $1 if Fort Wayne is not developed, or $3 if Fort Wayne is developed. The current player is the first to bid for the Wabash share of stock. Bidding continues clockwise. If a player passes, they may not re-enter the bidding. If no one bids on the stock, the current player gets it for free. Place any bid money in the Wabash Railroad's treasury next to the game board. After the share is sold, play continues normally with the next player. General Dividends After a decision is made and implemented, if two of the three decisions are unavailable, two of the three cubes are in the end box, general dividends are paid. The general dividend paid for each share of railroad stock is the income of that railroad as shown on the railroad income track divided by the number of shares sold, round up. 1.01 is 2. After general dividends are paid, reset the tan cubes on all three decision tracks to the start box. Increase the city income for Detroit by 1. Increase the railroad income for each railroad in Detroit by 1. If the Detroit income was already 8, the game is over. And that was the rulebook for Wabash Cannonball. To talk about this game, I have Joe from the Dads on a Map podcast because he's played it more than me. I've played it. I've, I've played it sometimes. Sometimes? How many times have you played it? Uh, I believe 121 times. <laughs> <laughs> That's very specific. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, well, my log plays are 91 and I think before that I had 30. So um, I'm at 121 plays. Well, I like it. That's it, that's a lot. It's not so you a notice- few. Well, I mean, I guess technically I've played like 100 games of Chicago Express and then 21 games of Wabash Cannonball. <laughs> that, those 21 games of Wabash Cannonball, was that pre-Chicago Express no, or post, post-Chicago? Post. It's post. In, okay, the new, okay. in the new era. In, in the new era of, Chica- of Wabash Cannonball, that's going to take some time to get used to. We've been calling it Chicago Cannonball just to, you know, cover all our bases whenever we talk about it. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so I guess the first question, since we're already talking about this, is there any major differences that you've noticed between Chicago Express and Wabash Cannonball? No, they are exactly the same, aside from people are less likely to do the payouts wrong. Um, because the the Rio, the Rio Grande rules are a lot clearer on when ah. you pay someone out as opposed to the the Queen rules, which are like super confusing. Um, but no, the games are totally identical. Very cool. Let's just go through the rule book and I'll just ask questions about things that I thought were interesting to hear your opinion on. So starting, what's the best starting company? So assuming that like, Every company, the company that goes for the most money is always the PRR. Uh, it's okay. the best because there's only three shares. It's the best because it acts first. Now, like in the well, meta. Well, real quick, this is PA in Wabash Cannonball. What? <laughs> in the rule book for Wabash Cannonball, no, it says PA, Lily, I'm, not PRR. I'm looking at it, but I don't. Oh, it, it literally <laughs> does. Oh, my gosh. What company did they say it is? Let I don't think they in. did. No, they didn't. Really it's even... called the Pennsylvania Railroad. I'm sorry. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll... It's okay. I just I just wanted to clarify for the people who heard the rule book for the first My time goodness. earlier in the podcast. So the red company, John Bohr, the designer, <laughs> has like a very almost in all of his games, the red company is the de facto best. If everyone paid the same amount of money, it would always be the best company. In this game, it's the best company because it both acts first, that player acts first, and it has only three shares. And it can, if it would like to, reach Chicago if it technically beelines for Chicago. Whether that makes it the best company or not. Oh, and it also has the second highest starting value. So if it doesn't get split, you get paid seven, which is absurd. Um, And there's only three shares. Compare that to the NYC, which is in a much worse position, has five shares, it gets paid eight, but like you would almost expect PRR to be the least amount out of the gate, but it is the second highest. So definitely, or PA, I'm sorry, definitely the best company, whatever the bids are, the the PA almost always goes 
for one or two dollars higher, like whatever your meta settles on. Mm-hmm. And it depends on the player count. That's fair. So the PA having the least amount of stocks would obviously make the the dividends always pay out. Least probably more. Least stocks and acting first. Like that first round of of Wabash is is very bizarre, and depending on player count, um, you get to decide with the PA whether you immediately um want to auction a share and not put one up you get to decide whether you want to build um you almost always build to that the first city but then you can decide whether you have to cut off nyc or the bno immediately after it just like it almost always drives the game with some exceptions sometimes it gets split right away like say uh, you i and then two other people are playing and the the fourth player gets the other share of the the pa we might just both not build it, but in almost all games, it drives like how the map looks, at least in the early game. And that's because it's, I mean, it's pretty centralized on the map too. Yeah. So it can basically cut the map in half yeah. if it wanted to. It is the easiest access to the two um, like cities that upgrade forever, uh, Pittsburgh and Wheeling. Or they don't upgrade forever, but you know, they have the weird upgrades mm-hmm. or developments. So it's it can always touch Pittsburgh and Wheeling. It can touch like every mountain. Sometimes it can hit. There's a couple uh, really good spots in the north that it can hit. So it's it's just it's a banger. Yeah, it slaps, as the kids say. Uh, <laughs> it certainly slaps. It's not always the the share that wins the game, because you know lots of things can happen in 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 Wabash, but it is certainly the share that motivates a lot of the decisions. Okay. And earlier you mentioned taking an action, but then not actually taking that action. Does that happen a lot? Oh yeah. um it happens in it's weird it happens in like the the first round i i call i mean the rounds right the first round so before you pay out your first dividend it's almost certainly going to happen once or twice um because say we're in a four-player game and everyone has thirty dollars and i'm the p and a player and i won my share for 16 that's like a pretty typical breakdown and everyone else wins their share for probably less than 16 that means that if no one like free auctions or, or auctions and doesn't put up a share, there's going to be one. So say it's me, you, um, two other players. We'll call them players C and D. What, mm-hmm. what cool names, right? And say <laughs> I have the PRR and I go and then say everyone. So I have $14. Everyone else has $13. Let's say you're Lily and you say, oh, I want that PRR share from Joe. So I'm going to put up the PRR. So you split my share. And then player C says, all right, well, Lily got a $15 share and I need to get a $15 share, but I'm going to split, who knows, the NYC so it doesn't pay out. Now this third player is sitting around. I have 14 bucks. They have 15 bucks. They can get a share for $14, which is a $1 discount. That seems very granular, right? A $1 discount. It's huge. It, it literally, you can just be dead. I'm in a game and a guy got a share. Like we have the same portfolio, but he has $1 more than me. And I consider that a dead position, you know, not at every table, but at a table of people who are playing a lot. So it's a really, really big deal. So in that first round, you're almost always going to see one or two null auctions. Um, You might not see all three because sometimes you like desperately need to split. Like if Lily comes out of the auction with two shares, like she might have the NYC and the CNO. Mm-hmm. If if we don't split one of her shares, she's making Boku bucks, right? Like making at least fifteen bucks in the first auction or the first dividend. So we'll probably split her share. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And she'll, she'll, that's where you just sit. I love this game because sometimes you just sit and sweat. You're just like, please don't do that thing. Please don't do that thing. And then they they always do the thing, right? They always do the thing. <laughs> But yeah, you don't null auction a ton after the first round, maybe later and and like second and third round, because usually then people have enough money that it doesn't matter, but it can come up. You almost never null build. That's almost. Okay. I mean, you can null build, but so you would only null build if um, like you were just trying, like you had no companies that could, I don't know. You could null build if you desperately wanted to make the round get over mm-hmm. and you had no companies that could build and you couldn't null auction or you like didn't want to null auction. Mm-hmm. Um, but you almost never choose to null build because like even if you, Lily and I are in the exact same position, but you're like ahead of me in money, it still can't hurt me to build, right? It, it, yeah, sure. It helps you too, but like I can't 
not help my position in that case. Right. So you almost only null build if you you really want to tick that little ticker up. Like say maybe someone might get to Chicago, so you've got to tick over the the build thing, mm-hmm. and you have no companies to build with stuff like that. You ever null development? No, there's <laughs> never there's never a reason to null develop. You just you choose violence. Like you, you choose that you really don't want to win. <laughs> Like, I guess I've definitely seen people in their first couple games just be like, I'm going to null develop, like, just to, like, really stick it. Because it'll be that situation, right? Like, Lily, so say, and to the listeners, I almost always just call the companies their colors. But, like, say Lily has blue and yellow and 20 bucks and I have blue and yellow and 18 bucks, right? I can't beat her. So I'd be like, I'm going to null develop just to stick it to Lily. Like, yeah, I guess (laughs) you can do that if if that's what you want. But it almost never happens. That end game condition is, is is almost theoretical, right? I've never seen the game end by uh, <laughs> by like running out of development houses. Really? So, yeah, it can't. It, it's like improbable. It it, it honestly it, it could, they could take it out of the rules and it wouldn't matter. You should play games with me then, because I've ended the game multiple times that way. <laughs> no, it's impossible. It's impossible. <laughs> so out of the three actions. Which ones? I mean, obviously, auction things probably the best. What do you think? What do you? Yeah. What do you think of them? I guess we always we always say like one of the e- easiest heuristics in cube rails is like and a heuristic is just like a rule of thumb that you adjust as you play is like you want all of your actions to net as many total actions as possible. So like when I auction a share and win it, and it's really like actions per dollar, mm-hmm. like how how many dollars you gain. Like when I auction a share, I get some kind of like actions worth out of, say, you had the PRR share, right? Mm -hmm. You took your first turns to build, build, and then say I win the PRR. Well, I just accrued 50% of two builds. So I accrued a free build action Mm -hmm. for some amount of money by by getting it. And then if you are like the CNO and you build a bunch of it and then three of your shares get auctioned, it like functionally a third's a bunch of the actions you've taken in the past. So auctions almost always the best because one it's just accounts for so many actions in the game and then two it's the the way that you can change incentive alliance you know you can change alliances Mm -hmm. it's the only real way to shift and shift incentives to be like all right well now people will stop working on this railroad because it's split things like that i i find myself often in cube rail games though wanting to just win other people's auctions so then i don't have to take that action at all yeah, the goal, like, um, that's, that's the dream. another game. Yeah, another game RGG just put out, which is PO or, or the or Prussian Rails. It's Prussian Rails by them. Um, players don't always get actions, and you can win that game by never taking an action. You just win other people's auctions, and do they do things with those companies because they have to, and then you win the game. Yeah, that's the dream, right? Having someone have to auction and you winning the auction for, like, an amount of money you're happy with is always the best but sometimes in the lead or like if the the lead is tight you still have to auction because you use the auction as an attack lots mm-hmm. of times you auction things and you don't care right i don't care if uh, i win or not um my action is just simply to dilute your position or make you know what is is a nice thing to do say you and i are winning lily and we're both on like blue we're both on the b and o um, you put up someone else, player C or D puts up the B and O so that one of the two of us wins, which means that the person who loses is no longer going to build the B and O, right? So I've now taken the dividend, I've I've diluted it, and I've now taken away half of your actions, right? You and this other player may have taken the B and O to Chicago, and now that other player is definitely not taking the B and O to Chicago with you. Mm-hmm. You can do lots of stuff like that, which is so, it, auction's so neat, like it is the game. Do you find yourself thinking about how much to bid based on how much you want to put in the company's treasury? Never. 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 And unless it's unless it's like close enough. To, I only bid uh in the beginning, it's just like what do I think I can win this for and how likely is it to let me win the next another auction? Right? You don't mm-hmm. you almost never want to bid so that you're totally out of the next round of auctions as well. Like, oh, dividends will happen. Am I dead in the water? Right? Mm-hmm. Cuz if that happens, it's really in this game, you can definitely win behind shares because shares are worth all different things. But you can't win when, like, you have no effect on the game. So, like, if I can't even threaten winning auctions, it's it's really hard to win. So I almost always bid on, like, do I think this will let me affect the next round of auctions as well? 
And then when you get to like two to three dividends left in the game, you're almost always figuring out, am I actually making money on this? Mm-hmm. Companies rarely run out of money in the end game and after like they will run out in the middle game but it it's almost always okay because you can take develop okay yeah and so the other two actions build is much better than develop right develop almost always the maximum it can raise your stock is two and the max that a build can raise your stock is much more than two right you know it it's like we'll say just on average saying people don't pick develop (laughs) yeah yeah i mean sometimes you pick develop because you really don't want dividends to get paid yet you're Mm. like i'm gonna throw develop out just because i don't want dividends to get paid um you develop when you don't have anything to build right you can develop if you like say you and i say i have blue and red and you have blue and yellow and there's a city with blue and red i can develop that because then i get two maybe plus ones the the real difficulty is aside from wheeling and pittsburgh there's never going to be a hex that develops for more than two on or for more than one i'm sorry that that more than one company can be in right all the mountain hexes Mm -hmm. which go up by more except for those companies in the north or that there's some cities in the north but they're very hard to hit for more than one company so like the mountain hex is a cool develop right because it gets plus two but is that ever better than taking that company and hitting three plus ones almost never right It, it it's almost never better than build and it doesn't affect the other companies which is the big deal right I can both mm-hmm. increase my PRR by three and cut off B&O. I can't do that with develop. It's definitely the least consequential of the, the three actions. Sometimes you just take it because you have to take it. I will say the develop section of the rulebook had one of my favorite sentences, um, which was uh, Cleveland was then developed as part of the sentence. And I was like, Cleveland has never been developed. Don't lie to me. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast the other day about not, like, just nothing, and they were just going in on Cleveland. I was like, hey, hey, I have been to there. It was it was fine. It is definitely fine. It was fine. Going to the map in my notes, I just have the words Detroit with a question mark written next to it. What What is your question mark about Detroit? I don't know. Probably. Why is it there? Is it good? Is it good? Yeah, like, I know it has that continuous, like, gradual... um development going just like built in but i kind of i kind of hate detroit not because it's not good detroit's really good but only the M- the nyc and the the wawash are the only companies that can hit it i, I technically okay. the prr could hit it but it'd be very it's very weird when the prr hits it the reason i don't like it so it's it's a really good city the reason i don't like it is because a lot of the end game tension is like someone hit chicago and can we get the wabash to chicago and you do a lot of work to have them not get it, and they still can get to Detroit. Detroit's way worse than Chicago, but it's still good enough that sometimes that player can win. And it's like just a this little dangler that is very hard to interact with because it's all the way up there, and I <laughs> I hate it. Sometimes the PRR will go or the PA will go there. If I don't, I don't know. I feel like it's got to always be a mistake that it gets there instead of Chicago. Sometimes the NYC will go there, and that's awesome. I love late game NYC comebacks. But the real thing that Detroit can do is like say somehow two companies, or what what might happen is, and we haven't really talked about the Wabash yet, but we'll get there. Say a company gets somebody gets to Chicago, and then the first share of the Wabash goes up, and there's not enough money. And then by the time enough money comes out of the Wabash, it definitely can never hit Chicago. That Detroit as an outlet can be really good because Detroit can be worth like seven or six, um, which is huge for a one or two share company that was trying to hit Chicago but can't. So that that's mostly what Detroit is kind of doing up there. Just chilling. So you feel that Chicago dividends like way more important? Yeah, like a, a, a way, 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 way more. Tell me more about that. Well, it's plus seven, which is huge. Okay. Um, so Detroit's not plus seven until the seventh round. You know, you go seven rounds. The game usually does not go seven rounds. Usually goes uh, six rounds. I mean, it can go like four rounds too. So it's plus seven and you get the, the free dividend. The free dividend is huge. It's just, it's very hard to make. It's very hard to win a game of Wabash Cannonball having not the most number of shares that hit Detroit or Chicago. 
So it doesn't have to be companies that like you're the, the majority shareholder in, right? Lily, you might have two PRR or PA and I might have one. And then I might have one B&O and you have none. And as long as PA and B&O hit Chicago, we probably are both in the running. But if just PA hits Chicago and you have two and I have one, it's going to be like super. That could only have happened if I thought you were so far behind me that I needed to beat a different player. Things like that. Mm -hmm. Usually, I mean, most games, what would I say? I would say in 90% of games of Wabash Cannonball, no one should hit Chicago. That doesn't mean that in 90% of games, no one does hit Chicago. It does happen all the time. Mm -hmm. But if every player was thinking explicitly what is more likely to win me the game, it would happen. It would almost never happen. Just because it's so good for the player who does it. So the times it can happen are when somehow like you and I on a four-player table are the only players to have B&O shares. And we both decide that we, but we're like somehow behind-ish the other players. So say we're like behind the PA player and we're behind the CNO slash NYC, whatever. But we both have a share of B&O and we decide we are going to run to Chicago and we're not going to let a share of B&O go up. We're just going to get there. That can happen in games and that makes sense, mm -hmm. which is why it almost never happens. In a three-player game, you could probably turn that number up to like 95%. It should never happen. And then in a five-player game, you can actually turn that number down. It happens more because it's more likely in that situation that I was talked about. Mm -hmm. Like in a five-player game, it's much more likely that two players and only two players have a share or three players have shares split between them and no one has this share majority. But for almost all the companies, someone's going to have a share majority or it might be something like you and I each have a B&O and only we have a B&O, but you might say you only have a B&O and I have a B&O and a C&O. I have a blue and a yellow. Well, my life is just building the C&O, right? Because you have nothing else to do. Mm -hmm. So it's very unlikely that I'm going to take you to Chicago with, you know, I'm going to go with you. So it happens. It happens if players are in a really close position and it benefits both of them to get to Chicago. It's just that is rare as the player count goes down and it goes up, it gets more, it's more likely. And when you're newer, it happens all the time. Yeah. I was, right? was going to say, I feel like when I play with players and new players and me, um, I get like that tunnel vision of just like, I'm going to take yeah. this company to Chicago and not yeah. think about the ramifications of doing that. Cause I know there was it, one game where we had three companies reach Chicago and I'm like, how did this happen? Well, I will say after one company hit Chicago, it's way more likely that other companies hit Chicago because then there are other players who are heavily incentivized. Like, because that thing I said where like, oh, I need to catch up. Mm -hmm. So I'm more likely to work with you as long as you weren't one of the other people who already hit Chicago. So it's funny, like after it, I would say like if one company hit Chicago, you're now like 75% for a second company to hit Chicago. Which is wild because, <laughs> like I said, in like 90% of games, no one should hit Chicago. And these are just guesstimates from, from my place, right? It's not, not – no gospel here. You would there, – there are some, some wash cannonball old heads who would say like n you should never hit Chicago. Mm -hmm. There's never a situation where Chicago could be hit. That I definitely don't agree with because these tied situations do happen. But yeah, it's, it's like – you know, the – is in your best play of Wabash Cannonball, you win a share and someone helps you get to Chicago where you're advantaged and then you win easily, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so it's always your goal. It's just, it's always everyone's goal. So no one should do it. That's kind of how it works. That, that makes sense. So I know we touched on this a little bit before, but let's talk about Wabash. The big wabby boy? No big wabby boy. <laughs> Actually, I'm sad. He doesn't have his flag in the new map. Like, Cabrera's not on the map. What is, no, because they're just little dots. Lily, did you talk about the graphic design? I have not talked about the graphic <laughs> design. Do you want to talk about that first? Because we can. No. No, I'm just going to say bad things. So it's it's not... Like, I'm already so negative on our show. Um, I don't... I don't need, <laughs> we don't need it. Um, it's, it's fine. Normally, uh, I just don't exist on this show, and no one else does. So it's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The the Wabash is the company that starts when when you hit Chicago, like like the rulebook said. It is man, it, it's not over fifty percent of what you consider when you go to Chicago, but it's got to be like thirty 
30, 40%. Like you need to think when I hit Chicago, who can win the Wabash? Can they safely immediately hit Chicago by themselves? Will it immediately get split so they can't hit Chicago by themselves? Will this, so remember that the Wabash opening starts another company, which only has two shares, one of which immediately goes away. So it makes ending the game much easier. Mm -hmm. So like, will this make the game end faster? And is that something I want? Or will this make the game end slower? And is that something I want, right? Sometimes I'll hit Chicago knowing that I'm actually slightly advantaging another player, but also knowing that I'm going to get another auction, like in a three-player game. Say there's no auctions. I'll hit Chicago, maybe let someone catch up to me, like it was a 2-1 split, but now I know I can auction the Wabash and end the game. So I'm going to win. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. The Wabash is super neat because it it intro- it changes the end game. It's almost like uh, playing like a weird TGZ, you know, like in, in the Great Zimbabwe, like people's victory conditions are moving like mm-hmm. up. It's like that. It's like, oh, all of a sudden I can end the game this round. Like I couldn't, right? Imagine like, you know, there were only two auctions left and the the NYC and the CNO had three shares. Oh, game can't end. Mm-hmm. We hit Chicago, the game can end because there's, and we're going to pretend like the PA and the B&O are sold out here, right? right? Oh, look, the game can end. You have to consider all of that stuff. Usually the one that's most important is like, my name is Joe. I hit Chicago. Lily is the person after me who can definitely win the auction and can build right to Chicago. Like, do I want to let Lily then get that free, what's it? It's like eight, 16 bucks, like something like that. Yeah. Whereas like if two people after Lily is the person who wants to win it and there's an auction left, then the Wabash might go for like one or two bucks because Lily doesn't want it, want to win it for eight. The person after Lily doesn't want to win it for like whatever, or it's probably what is it? One, two, three, four, and six. So you got to win it for at least 10 to hit Chicago. Yeah. Uh, Lily doesn't want to win it, or the person after Lily doesn't want to win it for 10, because if they win it, Lily's just going to snap auction the Wabash share, and now their payout is bad. Like, now they're not even making 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's all types of stuff like that. Some people don't like it, because it, it kind of does mess with everything, but I, I like it. I don't know. I think it's fun. I feel like we always are, like, calculating that exactly. Like, how much can I spend yeah. on this for it to give me a good return? And that's something I struggle with. But then Garrick just talks that loud for me. So I just listen to him. Yeah, I guess that's the only that's kind of the the lame ish thing about the the Wabash is a lot of these other shares like and I kind of did a bad job of explaining this. But like when I get when we get to like the end game ish, you're like, oh, man, I think there's going to be two rounds or I think there's going to be three rounds. And then you start calculating the value like, all right, let's pretend this goes up two bucks and there's three rounds. I can pay this much. Let's pretend it goes up two bucks and there's two rounds. I can play this much. So maybe I'll bid the EV, right? I'll bid somewhere in between there. Mm-hmm. With Wabash, you almost always know. It's like, oh, the game will end this round or next round. And I know I can spend this much money. And I know I'm trying to beat Lily. So if I don't at least get this ROI, there's no reason for me to do it anyway. Right? Right. That's the beef with the... Uh, there's the an, another expansion for this game called the Nickel Plate, which is kind of fake being re-released by by winsome and that's the problem with the nickel plate it's like it's like it happens and then you can just calculate it and the person who goes next can just say the number that's one dollar less and it's like oh well that was not very fun Mm -hmm. i think the wabash is slightly more dynamic than that because like sometimes the player triggering it doesn't care right because you care about all that other stuff that i said Mm -hmm. which is why why it works Uh, that's 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 definitely interesting i definitely think about some of that stuff when i uh, play the game and you gotta think about all that stuff lily oh but thinking is so hard <laughs> i also like the idea that in in your like perfect worlds that you were kind of talking about before wabash only exists in the game 10 percent of the time oh yeah yeah like yeah if no one gets to chicago then it's kind of like a null point and you know it's funny like it's threat sometimes is the reason why no one gets to chicago it's like oh i can't go to chicago and then just give this person 16 dollars. like mm-hmm. i can't do like i'll loot or 10 so they'll get 16, so six bucks. I can't do that. Yeah. You know, so it, it, it's fun like that. It's fun like that. Or, you know, just not having that threat of the game ending because you need it to go longer. Oh, yeah, that, that can be really important too. So kind of what I've gotten from us talking, what is that development cubes are not the way the game ends. No way, Jose. Still don't know how I did that. <laughs> 
I I would love. I will. Do you have a recording, Lily? I don't, but I know I've done it because for some reason I only took development actions the entire game and just won other people's auctions. It was it was a time. Dude, that's twenty actions. Like it's so many, or it's like seventeen actions. It's wonderful compared compared to like auction. Uh, what's the name? Auction a share, which is like one, two, three, four, five. Uh, it could be only six actions, six, <laughs> or uh, the maximum would be. Let's pretend that doesn't happen. It would be three, seven, and five is twelve, right? It's twelve. The maximum to get to the end game would be twelve auctions for Bo and NYC and CNO for for development. <laughs> it would be seventeen. Is that even physically possible? I no. I mean, it's, I'm sure you said it happened. I, I yeah, I, I swear. I maybe I could be imagining things that happens no, no, it's, too. Sorry, it's sixteen. It's less than four. Or no, it's seventeen. Yeah, okay. it would have to have seventeen. Seventeen developments. Oh, That's awesome. So development, you could do three before. Oh no, you can do four before you hit the end. So five per round. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's possible. It is technically possible. That's good to know. So there's three other end conditions. We've got railroad, three or more railroads built on building all their track. How often does that happen? That's like the second end game condition, but super, super rare. Really? Really rare. Yeah, because it's like if I'm winning... Um. It's always much easier to attack the second and third place player by auctioning their shares. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for them. Not that this doesn't happen. Sometimes they'll you'll null auction at the end so people can't attack your shares. It's like if if you're beating me, Lily, but I have six shares and you have four, I'm going to take my first two – my any action I can get that's a null action I'm gonna or null share, I'm going to do it so that the game goes longer mm-hmm. because the end game condition that happens – Almost every time is run out of shares uh, or three companies run out of shares. It's just the easiest and the most controllable because it's not contingent on basically anything, right? Like companies don't need money, things like that. There are other of John's games where it's the the opposite. So RGG just put out Texas and Pacific. Texas and Pacific ends a lot of the time where companies run out of trains Mm -hmm. because it's like much easier to build trains and there's an action that just instead of going to chicago when you get to chicago in that game you you throw all your trains away something like southern pacific which is a winsome game similarly it almost always is because a company runs out of track not runs out of shares but in this game for three companies to run out of track again it's like a lot of actions compared to having three companies run out of shares which is if it's the prr and the wabash that's only three auctions. And if it's the PRR and the B&O, like, that's still only five auctions. Mm-hmm. Um, so if the Wabash comes out, it's almost impossible for the game not to end by three companies ending in shares. And if it doesn't, it's still really hard. Just because what, what I said before and what you said, right? Auctioning as an attack is, like, so valuable mm-hmm. The fact that people, it's the the only way to change the game, it means people are going to be doing it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I guess that leaves the fourth condition of Detroit being fully developed never, never happening. Never. <laughs> I've never, I've never played, 121 games, never had it happen. Well, I mean, you were talking about how it typically goes like four to six rounds in that range, so. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know it, why I'd go all, all eight. I don't know how it would happen, but I mean, technically it could, I, I, I don't know. It'd be really hard. I, I kind of want to like play a game where like I'm trying to get that as the goal and see what that game looks like. <laughs> but it's so hard because again, it, that would mean like, yeah, every action you took is a null stock. Okay. But that, yeah. That like still there's so few stocks and that's mm-hmm. the thing where it's like, there's still so few shares. If every company, sometimes I wonder if they play tested this where every company had like one more share. If every company had one more share, these other like running out of track, would happen way more often. Mm-hmm. Same thing with, uh, you probably still wouldn't run out of houses, but running out of track <laughs> would happen way more often and getting to eight dividends would actually happen more often. But with the share counts where they are, it's like really, it's really hard. That makes sense. Is there any other things I haven't touched on that you want to talk about for Wabash Cannonball? No, I don't think so. It's really fun. It's really fun. It's really simple. Um, I, I, uh, you know, in, in, independent of all like the 
really granular, minute stuff that I said. You can kind of just play this game for fun, too. <laughs> like, I think it does a really good job of that. Um, no, just like, I guess everything that you do in this game is a signal to every other player, especially the players that have the same shares as you, and especially the players that don't have the same shares as you. Though that includes all people, so that sentence <laughs> made no sense. Um, <laughs> I would have just so I teach math, and um, whenever my students write intervals and the intervals overlap and they don't write negative infinity to infinity, I I take a half point off. So I would have definitely just taken a half point off my own my own statement. <laughs> anyway. Uh, everything you do sends a signal, right? And, um, like making sure you're considering what all that, all that means is, is really important. Um, whether you're going to play the game like super serious and you can only play this game so seriously or not. And like the, yeah, that's it. I don't know. I love this game. Super fun. I'm, I'm glad you like it after 120 plays. I'd hope you still, I hope you would have liked, I, I hope know, you'd like the it's game. Gross. What a what a degenerate! Just like what am I doing with myself? I, I would find it even stranger if you played 120 games and you didn't like the game. I'd be like, what What's happening here? Well, like sometimes you kind of come around. Like, um, sometimes you're like, man, maybe so because that happens sometimes. Where you're like, <laughs> maybe I don't know if like does three player always have a dead seat or does like four player always have a dead seat? And am I okay with that? Or is there too much leashing or leeching? And then I'm just like, what am I, t- what am I doing? Like, no, of course I like the game. Like <laughs> I've played it so many times. Sometimes I think I would like reverse Stockholm syndrome where I like, I'm too close to it. I'm like, wait, there's gotta be something wrong here. And like, no, <laughs> never mind. Never mind. I like that idea of reverse Stockholm syndrome where it's like this, this shit, this shouldn't be happening. Something's wrong. Yeah, and then me and Chicago Express go to we go to relationship counseling, and uh, it turns out we both loved each other the whole time. Like, what what were we doing? We were we were totally perfect for each other. <laughs> well, thanks for joining me today and talking about Wabash <laughs> Cannonball. It was a pleasure having you. Oh, no problem, Lily. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you hear, follow MCG on any platform you find me and check out MakeCraftGame.com for more content. If there is a rulebook you want to hear, leave a comment on this reading rulebooks episode. I hope you have a wonderful day. 